Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report is out and spring seeding is almost complete in our neighboring province. We'll have all of the details with James Fry with Manitoba Agriculture. He's based in Roblin. The Bank of Canada has announced its key interest rate will rise to 4.75%. That's the first increase since January. We'll hear from investment advisor with Smart Investing Solutions, Brian Gawley, about how this will affect agriculture. The hot weather can pose a challenge in keeping cattle cool. The CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, will give us some tips on that. As well, many farmers are still a little leery about ongoing discussions between Bungie and Viterra regarding a possible merger. We'll hear from the General Secretary of the Grain Services Union on that. And don't forget, it's week six of GX94 Supper in the Field, and we'll announce our winner coming up a little later on in the program. All of those stories and much more on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. Beef and Forage Report. The hot weather we've been having lately can pose a challenge in keeping cattle cool. The CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, says the key is clean water. Well, generally speaking, you try and get your animals supply of good, clean water. That may look like applying for some funding for uh, digging wells. Uh, it could look like digging new dugouts. But really, the best thing you can do is make sure that they've, like I said, got a good supply of clean water. That's really important. He explains how ranchers can receive assistance in providing a safe water source to their animals. In particular, there's funding uh, from the provincial and federal governments. The Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program is probably something that is worth looking into for producers. It provides uh, costs for well digging, including power sources for pumps and things of that nature. It also can incorporate uh, new dugouts as well. So it's basically any type of farm and ranch water project that you can think of, including pipelines and things like that too. So that's really a good place to look because unfortunately a lot of these projects cost quite a bit of money. And uh, when you're in a situation like we are with the temperature the way it is, you need to move quickly. And some of these prices seem to go up when there's a bunch of the projects happening at the same time. So it's really, uh, it's a really good program that the, the provincial and federal governments offer, but we know that people are going to be moving quickly to get water to their animals. McClellan says keeping cattle cool in the summer isn't easy. 
Well, certainly with cattle, they are built for winter and they're built for minus 30 and not plus 30 usually. And you'll see them congregate around uh, trees and things like that for shade. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to, to get them access to shade. But I mean, by and large, the, the thing we really hope for is some rain and uh, like I said, access to good clean water. He says it's not unusual to have cattle suffer from heat stroke. Well, I mean, certainly what happens there is, uh, I mean, you do what you can. Farmers and ranchers are a resilient, creative bunch. Um, but, I mean, some in some cases that might mean you're moving animals from one spot to another. Uh, you might change their grazing patterns or grazing locations based on a number of factors. But, again, primarily you're in the same boat as the rest of us, which is you pray and hope that uh, you get some rain and cooler weather in short order because otherwise, I mean, cattle losses is a real risk. And uh, that's certainly not something that any producer is interested in facing that type of scenario. Like I said, at the end of the day, we're a weather-dependent industry in the agriculture and livestock sector. And sometimes that means it doesn't work in your favor. And uh, you try to be as creative as you can. But like I said, when it comes to, uh, to cattle, the simplest thing is hope we get cooler weather. But like I said, it's water, water, water is, is one of the most important things. That's Grant McClellan, the CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. EX94, Ag Review. The province says Saskatchewan's agri-food exports are up 75% in the first quarter of this year. Agri-food exports surged to an estimated $6 billion, with canola oil, canola seed, non-durum wheat, durum and lentils leading. The province says high agri-food prices and increased supply are fueling the growth and its value. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says it shows global investors that Saskatchewan producers are in an excellent position to feed the world today and into the future. A global trade analyst says a potential strike for thousands of terminal cargo movers in ports throughout B.C. could have dire consequences, not only for the Canadian economy, but globally as well. Beacon Economics International Trade Advisor Jock O'Connell says the timing of a possible strike at B.C. ports coincides with ongoing labour strife at West Coast ports in the United States as disputes between port officials and the Longshore Union's American counterpart disrupted terminal operations in places such as Oakland and Long Beach in California. He says a combination of disruptions at B.C. and U.S. ports would seriously damage the West Coast's role in global shipping and exporters would look to ports on the East Coast and the Gulf of Mexico as more reliable options. The International Longshore and Warehouse Union Canada says more than 7,000 terminal cargo movers will hold the strike vote on Friday and Saturday. Speculative fund traders added to their net short position in canola during the weekend at May 30th, putting on more bearish bets while also liquidating some previous longs. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of May 30th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 54,118 contracts, 
an increase of about 4,000 contracts from the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 262,372 contracts on May 30th, which was up by 658 contracts from the previous week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, fund traders were holding a small net long of about 2,200 contracts in soybeans, up by about 1,500 from the previous week. There are still plenty of unknowns surrounding the highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak that has killed millions of chickens and turkeys on farms across North America going back to early 2022. But a drop in the number of new cases in the month of May is a positive sign for the poultry sector. The industry was bracing for another wave of infections this spring with wild birds migrating north. There were a few mostly isolated cases in four provinces in April. However, there was only one new case confirmed in all of Canada in May, according to the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. The lone case in the month was reported May 6th in an area with previously infected farms northeast of Montreal. That's a dramatic change from May of 2022, when there were more than 30 cases across multiple provinces, with Alberta seeing the highest number of infected farms. The European Commission is extending an arrangement whereby five of Ukraine's EU neighbours can restrict imports of Ukrainian grain. On May 2nd, the EU allowed the five countries, Bulgaria, Hungary, Poland, Romania and Slovakia, to ban domestic sales of Ukrainian wheat, maize, rapeseed and sunflower seeds, while allowing transit through them for export elsewhere, including for other EU countries. Those restrictions designed to ease excess supply were due to expire on Monday. The five countries had sought an extension, complaining cheaper Ukrainian grain was making domestic production unprofitable, but Ukraine lobbied for them to be lifted. The European Commission says they will be phased out by September 15th. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 28 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. According to the latest Manitoba crop report, spring seeding across the province is 97% complete. That's up from 87% last week and slightly ahead of the five-year average of 96%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. He has the seeding progress for the northwest region of Manitoba. Yeah, well, it's been a week of extremes, I think. We've had uh, extremely dry uh, locations and extremely wet locations, extremely hot, extremely windy. So uh, it's kind of a typical, I guess we could say a typical Manitoba summer. Just thinking about the precipitation, we have had some areas that were very dry, like St. Rose area uh, over the last week got almost no rain, about 0.2 mils, so that's virtually nothing. But then in contrast, Gilbert Plains area and Asheville uh, got about 
two inches, although that you know kind of depends where you were in the big swath of, of rain that moved up from the south there, and uh, also a lot of rain in Swan River area. So there's been some regions that saw overland flooding and washouts on the roads and some fields with severe damage as well. He says spring wheat seeding is all but done. Yeah, we have about 98% uh, seeded for uh, spring wheat and other cereals, and uh, the emergence has been nice and uniform, so that's great to see. Where the crop stage is you know, far enough along, there have, have also been some in-crop herbicide applications, so things are moving well there. And uh, canola is roughly around 90% or more probably by now, and so some of those early seeded fields are up, and again, the rows are looking nice and good. Uh, we're seeing kind of that two-leaf stage or, you know, the, the, the true leaves and uh, kind of that early rosette. As far as the, the flea beetle damage, there's always a concern around this, you know, state, this point in the crop stage. And uh, thankfully, the, although there are flea beetles out and you do see feeding that's going on in plants, it, I think in this heat, it's just growing through it. So uh, there's, you know, a good chance that we'll get away without needing to do multiple sprays, although there has been, um, you know, maybe 10% of farmers or so have been out there spraying. So it, it is something to keep watching for, but hopefully we'll just grow through it. Fry notes pea and soybean seeding is now wrapped up in northwest Manitoba. Peas are up and emergence also looks nice and good on those. I think, you know, especially those early seeding crops, they typically just get put into a nice moisture layer. So they're up and looking good. Some of them is, you know, as many of the, as the third or fourth node stage already. So that's something to watch for is herbicides can be restrictive after a certain point. So um, make sure if you have peas in the ground to be scouting those and make sure you get to put a herbicide on before it reaches that, that critical point, depending on the herbicide. And, and yes, soybeans also are proceeding, we could probably say is complete across the region. And uh, definitely with all this rainfall and the high temperatures we're seeing, it's uh, pushing them out of the ground quite quickly. So that's good news. He says the winter wheat and fall rye crops are in good shape, except for one particular area. They are looking good, if, um, and they're, you know, a lot of the rye is, uh, if not uh, booting or, or even possibly heading very, very close to it. Um, unfortunately for the Swan River region, there were a few fields that um, have been flattened in the last heavy, heavy rain that they got in a, in a big, heavy wind that, um, that moved up through the region. So whether or not those fields will bounce back, I don't know. Um, but uh, yes, otherwise in the region, they're looking quite good. Fry notes cattle have now been put out to pasture in most parts of northwest Manitoba. Yeah, I think that's accurate. If not already, then certainly within the next little bit. With all of the heat that we've been having, if the moisture has been there, then I think the growth is going to be doing very well. So, um, of course, you know, if, if you're in an area where the rains seem to have always missed you, then, you know, you may need to be a little more cautious about loading too many animals on there too quickly. But, um, yes, I think that most people would have moved out by now. And he tells us what producers are up to now if their spring seeding is done. You know, this is a nice time where all those things that you know you needed to do uh, for the last month and a half, but you just haven't had the time to do. Maybe there's a, possibly a little more time to do it. Uh, and if, if nothing else, just go fishing. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. Livestock Market Conditions. 
U.S. live cattle futures for August closed at 173.20 today. That's down 230. October live cattle closed at 175.62, down 262. August feeder cattle closed at 239.10, down 415. September feeder cattle closed at 242.27, down 425. July lean hogs closed at 86.92, down 140. August lean hogs closed at 83.10, also down 140. And that's the livestock market conditions. The Bank of Canada has announced its key interest rate will rise to 4.75%, the first increase since January. Investment advisor with Smart Investing Solutions, Brian Gawley, explains how this affects producers from an agricultural point of view. Well, if they're borrowing money to buy supplies of some kind or machinery or whatever it might be, um, I guess net it would be a little bit of a benefit because, again, uh, the cost of borrowing would be higher, and if they can use that interest cost as a tax-deductible expense, then obviously uh, uh, that uh, will lower their tax a little bit uh, against income so uh, again it uh, could be a good thing but uh, obviously we don't like making those payments uh, you know uh, higher interest payments than kind of what we previously negotiated so again if the interest rates are locked in there's going to be not going to be much of an issue but if the interest rate is variable based on the uh, bank of canada rate uh, then those costs are, are going to be going up the announcement doesn't come as a surprise to golly the consensus out there was kind of 50-50 that they would wait this particular period and do it in July. But, you know, from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing this morning, um, not a huge, huge surprise. They decided to go 25 basis points today. The interesting thing is going to be in July. You know, we'll see what the numbers look like as they come out through the rest of June. But if inflation is still ticking higher and uh, the economy is still ticking along, I wouldn't be surprised to see another 25 basis points jump in July. I believe it's the 12th that they have the next meeting and, you know, it's kind of a catch-22. Again, uh, higher interest rates aren't going to bring food prices down at the grocery store. They're not going to bring uh, gas prices down at the gas pumps. And, you know, the, the banks basically, you know, wanting to get that inflation rate down to 2%. And the only tool they have is to play around with interest rates. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of, a, again, a catch-22. But we have other issues as far as the cheap money that was out there with COVID and all those kind of things, supply chain issues, all that kind of stuff. So there's other factors uh, causing uh, higher inflation other than just low interest rates. Brian Gawley is an investment advisor with Smart Investing Solutions. He gave his initial thoughts about the Bank of Canada raising its key interest rate today to 4.75%. Please stay tuned. GX and Agriculture will return in one minute's time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Many farmers are a little leery about ongoing discussions between Bungie and Viterra regarding a possible merger. And they're not the only ones. The Grain Services Union is also expressing concern. The GSU has about 600 members employed by Viterra in Saskatchewan, many of them in Regina, where the head office is located. Steve Torgerson is the GSU General Secretary he says mergers are often viewed from the shareholder's perspective 
and not from those directly affected. Synergies themselves are not bad. Doing things better and doing things you know, efficiently isn't inherently bad. I guess when you are doing it at the cost of, of employees and of services, that's, that's where we have concerns. And so if you're looking at uh, merging two companies together that do similar things, you're looking at job loss. And sometimes it's significant job loss, depending on on where the move happens. But the other worries you're also looking at sort of, um, you know, the competition in the grain handling market is is narrow. There's not a lot of competitors in in Canada. And so, you know, with Bungie owning uh, a portion of G3 and then uh, with a potential merger, that really does have a have a concern over market share and competition. And so it really is a twofold worrying about the workers that potentially would have jobs moved to another country or elsewhere when they're able to do great work here in the in the prairies and as well the competition for bringing in crop is is something to be concerned about he believes the competition bureau will have to take a long hard look at the rumored merger. The Competition Bureau would likely be looking at the stake that Bungie has in G3. They would also look at, you know, the potential divestiture of some sites. So they would probably be looking, first of all, at what um, just a straight merger would look like and then would want to consider what kind of controlling interest Bungie has in, like I said, in G3 or other entities. So they would be looking at that, and I think they should be looking, and I think they have in the past been looking at where jobs and where head offices are. And I know provincially and and federally, there is a a big push uh, of governments of all stripe to, to realize that having head offices of corporations in Canada um, and having them in Saskatchewan uh, for the provincial government is of value and it is something that is worth considering and it's something that should be considered when mergers and acquisitions of this scope take effect. Steve Torgerson is the General Secretary of the Grain Services Union, which represents about 600 Viterra employees in Saskatchewan. A couple of weeks ago it was reported that Bungie and Viterra are in the midst of negotiations for a potential merger. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up for the most part today. July canola closed at 670.20, up 30 cents. November canola closed at 647.40, unchanged from yesterday's close. July Minneapolis wheat is still trading. It's at 7.91 and a half, down 25 cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 7.88 per bushel, down 32 and a quarter cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 6.16 and three quarters, down 11 cents. July corn closed at 6.04. And Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. Applications are now being accepted for the APAS Young Leaders Program. President of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, says the program is for people between the ages of 18 and 40 who are interested in learning about farm policy. We take them and we show them the development of ag policy right from the grassroots level at, at the districts within the province to our AGM in early December and then the resolutions from there we take to the CFA, which is the Canadian Federation of Agriculture's AGM in Ottawa, and show them just the development of ag policy right from the grassroots to the federal level. He explains why this program is 
so important. It's very important both for APAS to make sure that we have young people involved so that the work that we do continues on. And it's also, I think, it's important to show the young people that, you know, your voice is heard and that if you develop good, productive, constructive, implementable egg policy, that, the, you know, the policymakers will listen and that we do have an influence into, you know, into egg policy that affects our farms every day. Boxall says participation in the program has been great in the past. Yeah, it has. I think we're at 40 some people have gone through it, myself included. I went through it in the first year that it was available, and it's great. Both, you know, we get an opportunity to show young people, you know, how to develop ag policy, but but also APAS gets a lot of valuable information from having those young people in the room, issues that they face that maybe, you know, seasons producers don't face every day so it, it's a sharing of information for both of us and, and it's, it's worked really well for the organization i think we have four or five of our board members that you know have went through the program and are now are involved with the organization so it's, it's been a great program he says the people who have already gone through the program speak highly of it mostly it's been positive right it's it's not only do they get to see how policies developed i think there's also a networking you know, element here where they get, to, you know, they get to meet some people from from different sectors from across the country and, and build that network. And if you ever face something, you have a phone number to call and talk to those people. So the feedback we have gotten over the last number of years has been very positive in this program. And Boxall outlines how people can apply for the program. Uh, go on to the APAS website. There will be a sheet there for an application. Um, it's a written application. We do put some emphasis on on the written application, like so don't just give us one word answers. We do want to ensure that we get the right people in the room and, and all of that. But yeah, go onto the APAS website and uh, there will be a spot there to show where applications are open and the program will start here in late July, you know, early fall. The application deadline is August 31st. And it's week six of the spring edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks in the spring and eight weeks in the fall. We had 286 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Yeah, it's Doug Falconer calling from GX94. How are you? Oh, good, thanks. Good. I called you because we drew your name for supper in the field. Well, right on. Very good. Are you going to be in the field tonight? Uh, no, I should be good. Okay, but we can bring you out supper anyway. Okay. Well, that sounds really good. That's Bob Lebo of the Priestville District. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Milligan Bio, Farm Credit Canada, Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, Maple Ag and Outdoor, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor's Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Farm Bulletin Board. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is holding their Sense Hub Cow-Calf Field Day on June 12th from noon until 3 at the DNN Ranch at Peebles, Saskatchewan. It's a free uh, and its lunch is included. If you'd like to register for it, go to www.skstockgrowers.com 
and you have to register by June 9th, so that's fast approaching, just two days away. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time for the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions, a heat warning remains in effect. For today, partly sunny with a 30% chance of isolated showers and thunderstorms. Winds southeast at 15 to 25 and a high of 30. For tonight, any showers ending, then clear skies, a light northeast wind, a low of 17. For tomorrow, partly sunny with a 20% chance of isolated showers and thunderstorms. Winds north-northeast at 15 to 25, a high of 29, an overnight low of 14. For Friday, sunny, winds northeast at 15 to 25, a high of 25. For Saturday, sunny, a high of 24, and Sunday, mainly sunny, a high of 27. In the Paw, it's 26 degrees, Swan River and Dauphin at 27, Brandon 28, Show Lake Russell and Roblin 29. Regina and Indian Head reporting in at 28, Saskatoon 24, Hudson Bay, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington 26, Broadview, Mooseman 27. The Yorkton, Melville region has a sunny sky, a northeast wind at 18 kilometers an hour, 51% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 28 degrees. With the Humidex, it feels more like 34 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.